and you? Hey, you guys are going to have to see me throughout eternity, so uh, <laughs> if you get tired of looking at me right now, so you're going to be looking at me a long time in eternity. <laughs> I do get excited when I think where I came from, the life I used to live, and I, uh, sometimes I reflect on how blind I was and how lost I was and how my life was totally controlled by the enemy, and I didn't even realize it. Uh, once I came to Christ, my eyes were open, and you just see life, you just see life diff different. A lot of things that used to really matter just don't really matter anymore because one day we're going to have to leave everything behind anyway, and everything belongs to him anyway, right? So we do have something to look forward to. I mean, I know it looks bleak in the world, it looks dark, but for the Christian, for the believer, this is not our home. Our home is in heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. The Bible said we should store up treasures in heaven. We just pilgrims and strangers just passing through. So it helps you see life from a different perspective. Luke chapter 11 this, this morning. We see how far we get. We get as far as the Holy Spirit tells me to get. But sometimes uh, it's amazing how much you can pull out of the scripture when you study the scripture. When I read the Bible, I read for my own personal devotional time. But when you teach in the Bible, it's a total different ballgame. Because now I have to feed myself personally before I can feed you. And I hope you are feeding yourself. I hope you are not depending upon just Sundays to be fed. Feed yourself every day if you're going to be victorious and if you're going to be strong. Be strong in the word. Be strong in prayer. God will, God will give you the strength to stand, but we have to put forth some effort to do it. Luke chapter 11. We just go from one through four first of all. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, and you know I've mentioned that certain place. I've told you that before. You got to have a certain place, right? Okay, you got your place? Everybody's got their place, right? Okay, he said here, Jesus had a certain place. And when he sees that one, the, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught, as also John taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Hmm. Lord, teach us to pray. John the Baptist was a person of prayer. Jesus was a person of prayer. You should be a person of prayer because the more you pray, the more peace you're going to have and the more assurance you're going to have and the more confident you will be. And that confidence is not coming from you, it's coming from God. When you pray, you're more confident. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to, they didn't say, Lord, teach us how to preach. They didn't say, Lord, teach us how to teach. 
They say it teaches how to pray. As John the Baptist taught his disciples how to pray. Are you a prayer warrior? You'll find out the more you pray, the less you worry. The more you pray, the less you fear. You can pray away fear. You can pray away unbelief. You can pray away doubt. They said the Lord have a remedy for worry, and that's prayer. Satan does not want believers to pray because Satan even knows himself the power that is in prayers. So there's always some kind of distraction that he wants to take away from you. He don't want you to pray. If you will pray and spend the time with him, we can do the same thing. We can do, Jesus said, greater things you will do. So he said, Lord, teach us to pray. He said in verse 2, it says, when you pray, he assuming that we will pray, verse 2. He says, when you pray, our Father, wide in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. Our Father is a personal relationship. We call him Abba Father. God is your Father if you're a believer. Everyone can't call God their Father. You can only call God your Father when you receive Christ in your heart as your personal Savior, God becomes your Father. God is everybody's creator, yes, but the Bible says in John 1, 12, to as many as receive him, to them, he gives the right to become children of God, even to those that believe on his name. As soon as you put your faith in Christ, boom, you become a child of God right then and there. He says, holy be your name. Hallowed be your name, being holy be your name. God is holy. He's set apart. He's unique. He's unique in character. He's unique in attributes. God's name should be honored, and God's name should be reverenced and respected. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One day his will be done on earth, but right now this is not his will. Satan is doing all this stuff, not God. Okay, I know God is getting blamed, getting blamed for all this craziness out there, but it's not God's doing it. So many people say, well, when they have a, a catastrophe, they say this is an act of God. Well, they never say it's an act of Satan. They never say that. Okay, the Bible says Satan is a God of this world. It says the whole world lies under the influence of the wicked ones. 1 John 5, 19. The whole world lies under the influence of the wicked one. You can look around and you can see the wicked one is alive. But we should be praying, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It, is, it has well been said that the purpose of prayer is not to get man's will done here on, on earth but to get God's will done in heaven. We want to represent him. We are his representatives right here. When people see us, they think, okay, that's a Christian. That's a Christian. That's a Christian. That something should stand out different about us. That's something. They should see something. And it says, give us this day, our day by day, our daily bread. The food we need, God has, has made daily provisions for us. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 19, for God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory 
not all your wants and not all your greed, but your need. And there's a lot of things we just don't need. We want a lot of things. Amen. I'm, I'm, God is telling me to be content with what I have and to be more thankful. Because sometimes that old nature, that old man, that old flesh, that old life, I just bought a nice car and I, last week, you know, because I hadn't washed my car in two weeks, a long, I don't know, a long time, but <laughs> a car pulled up beside me. The car was nicer than mine and clean, almost the same model. All of a sudden, I wanted that car. I didn't want my car no more. I wanted that car. <laughs> you ever done that? And God is saying, be content with, with the car that you have. The car that you have, I provided for you. There's nothing wrong with the car. All you, all you got to do is just wash it. <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. God wants to provide for us every day. We don't, not all at once. We cannot store up and then break off communication with God. Our provision is one day at a time. And God wants us to depend on him one day at a time. Do you depend on him? And forgive us our sins, for we also, and we also forgive everyone who's indebted to us. That is, everyone who has sinned or hurt us, we have to forgive those people. I bet you everybody in this church has been hurt by somebody. But we have to forgive those people. Because the Bible says if we don't forgive, our Heavenly Father will not forgive us. And unforgiveness pretty soon is going to lead to bitterness and bitterness is sin. And the Bible says we have just given Satan a foothold in our life. So when people do things to you, you know, you just be forgiving. Let it go. Because a lot of things you just got to just let go. Don't even, don't even fight over it. It's not even worth your time. If you really think your heart is right and those people wrong you, the Bible says vengeance is the Lord's. He'll repay it. But don't you try to repay it. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Talking about Satan. I'll talk more about Satan next week. I'm going to talk more about Satan next week because a lot of people don't really believe there is a real devil. A lot of people don't really, they don't, and that's what Satan wants. Satan don't even want you to think he even exists. And he's doing a pretty good job of it. Do not lead us into temptation. You know, but why pray such a prayer since God does not want people to sin? But the meaning is that Jesus' followers are to pray that they be delivered from situations that would cause them to, tent, to sin. That they would be delivered from situations that would cause them to sin. But God would not ever leave anybody in the temptation, attempt somebody, because James 1.13 says, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Not does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. You know, and what it says. Then when desire has conceived, it gets forth sin. And when sin has conceived, it brings forth death. We ask for things. We're going to talk about prayer in a few minutes, but we ask for things, you know, that's really not God's will. Uh, God knows what's best for us. 
And sometimes we can be asking for things that could hurt us. We could be asking for things that could destroy us. And God says, I'm not going to give you that because I know this is not good for you. So he's going to talk about verse 5, the persistence of prayer. And he said to them, which, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has, has come to me on, this, on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. It was unthinkable back in that day to have someone come to your house and you don't have any food to set before them. It was, uh, it was showing lack of hospitality. It was obligation back in those days when somebody came to your house. Uh, it's kind of like on the East Coast when I was growing Growing up back in Memphis, when you went to somebody's house, the first thing they would say is, what do you want to eat? And, you know, it's, it was crazy. You know, you get up in the morning time, they start cooking. And as soon as you eat breakfast, they start cooking lunch. And as soon as you, they, you haven't hardly finished lunch and they're already preparing dinner. And they would get offended. You're already so stuffed, you can't hardly walk, right? <laughs> and they would get offended if you didn't eat anymore. They would say, what's wrong with you? Don't you eat much? What's wrong? Don't you want to eat? But back in those days, it was, you, you were showing hospitality. It was when, you, when people came to your house and you gave them food. But so he answered and said from within. He's inside, he is in the side of the house. Do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot arise and give it to you. That's an obvious denial. So I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as his needs. Because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. A man upon a sudden emergency, he goes to borrow some bread from his neighbor late at night, unreasonable time of night, not for himself, for his friend. And if his friend did not expect him to come at that time of night, what do you think you would have done? Somebody knock on your door at 3 o'clock in the morning and say, hey, brother, let me borrow three loaves. I mean, let me borrow some bread. What would you say? No, you don't have to answer that, but I know what you would do. <laughs> you, you would probably give it to him, right? I mean, you would, wouldn't you, right? I mean, in ministry, you have that happen sometimes. You know, people knock on your door at 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, with all kinds of needs. So you get up, you know, and you, you minister to them. Now, you know you got to preach the next day, but that's beside the point. You got to do what you got to do when it's time to do it. 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, hospital calls, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Got to go to somebody's house, somebody's having problems. But this guy persisted. The man had an emergency. And his friend came. He had nothing to give him. He says, man, because of his persistence, he will arise and give him what he need. The door was shut. Children were in bed. He afraid that if he made any noise, he would wake up the kids, man. Wake up the kids, and it's kind of hard to get them back to sleep. So the guys, you know, he, he, 
But in contrast with this, this man who did not want to be bothered, God wants us to be bothered. God wants us to be bothered and pray to him. So Jesus encouraged people to be persistent in prayer. Prayer is not to change God's mind, not to change God's will, not to get your way. But he wants you to come to him. Some people say, you know, I hear people say, well, you're not supposed to pray for yourself. Now, I don't know where they got that from, but it's not in the Bible. I've, I've heard people, it sounds spiritual. It sounds, but it's not scriptural. I hear people say, well, you're not supposed to pray for yourself. I go, well, what you get, what page is that on? First Thessalonians 5.25, Paul sure prayed for himself. Paul said, pray for us. Paul prayed for himself. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2. You ain't got to turn to it, but he said, Brethren, pray for us that the word of God may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from an unreasonable and wicked man, because all have not faith. Paul said, Brother, pray for us. And I have you guys here. Pray for us. This is a battle over here. It's a war out here. It's a spiritual warfare here, and Satan's not going to let up. He's not going to quit. Colossians 4, 2 says, continue in prayer. Continue in prayer. Why would he say continue? You know why would he say continue in prayer? Because we, sometimes we don't want to continue. Sometimes we don't continue, especially we get discouraged when our prayers are not answered in the timely manner that we think it should be answered. We get discouraged. You know, God has a time for everything that he does. He's on a perfect time schedule. But every time I read that scripture, he said, continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant in it with all thanksgiving. Be continually praying. I know, I know so many Christians right now who are discouraged because they thought the rapture would happen 10 years ago, and it didn't. Well, they said, well, it's going to happen five years ago. It didn't. Some folks say, it's going to happen last year. It didn't. So a lot of them are falling away because they think, well, where is God at? What is he doing? God is going to come when he wants to. And you can't rush it. God knows what's going on. The Bible says he neither slumbers or sleeps, but he's still working out his plan. Continue to pray, my brothers. Continue to pray. Sometimes it takes years for prayers to be answered. I'm still praying for people's salvation. They're not believers yet, but I'm still praying for them. It takes years. It takes patience. Prayer should be our first priority. It should be, prayer should be as normal as breathing. I have learned that God is not displeased how many times we come to him. He is not displeased how many times we come to him. He is displeased when we don't come at all. Man, there's a lot of power there, man. Don't be too busy. Leave it, leave it open. The line is 24-7 open to you, waiting for his kid, his son, his daughter to talk to him. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continually steadfastly in prayer. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, patient, in tribulation. Now that's a word we don't like is patience, right? 
in tribulation. But God wants you to come. The Bible says he come to the throne of grace boldly that we might find help in our time of need. The Bible said we should cast all of our cares upon him. The Bible said we should pray without ceasing. The man knocked on the door at night, one at three loaves, it was late, but because of his persistence, he kept on praying, and the guy gets up, and he gave him what he wanted. So you got to be persistent at this. Prayer is warfare, and prayer is work. Don't stop, don't quit, stay the course, and don't look back. I would encourage you to continue to pray no matter how discouraged you are, you, you pray anyway. That is the time that you should pray. You haven't got to wait till you come to church. You can pray anywhere, anytime. You can be walking, you can be at the park, you can be driving your car, just don't close your eyes. <laughs> Sometimes we have to wait. That's the word that we all hate is the wait. Wait God's time. Wait. When I first went into the ministry, we had to set up and take down the sound system, set up all the chairs, take away the chairs, put the chairs back for 20 years. They'd kick us out of one place, we'd go to another one. You know, and one, I said, Wayne, I asked God, I said, wow, we, are we ever going to get our own building? Well, 20 years later, we did. Now we have our own building, and now nobody can kick us out. <laughs> we ain't got to set up no chairs. We haven't got to set up no sounds. But it, it, it all came in God's time. So maybe you just haven't seen it yet. It doesn't mean that you won't see it. Be patient, my brothers, until the coming of the Lord, as James says. Don't get discouraged. Don't wait till something bad happens when you have a trial, when things go bad, and then you want to pray. No, pray all the time. We have to wait God's timing. And when God is silent, he's still working. He hasn't got to tell me, he hasn't got to tell me everything he's doing. He's still working. He could be preparing you for something a row, something down the road that he's preparing you for later. So don't be in a hurry. Be patient. It seems like God is never in a hurry. But I am. I'm in a hurry all the time. I was coming to church this morning. This guy's driving 25, and I'm thinking. I, just, I was going to teach on patience, and God says, okay, you want to teach on patience? I'm going to try your patience this morning, <laughs> and I'm going to see how patient you are. So when you leave here, when somebody cuts you off on the freeway, how patient are you then? Speed limit is 40. He's going to drive 25. And God, God says, okay, are you patient? So I had to drive 25. I didn't like it, but you ever done that? Be patient. You know, a patient person will drive an impatient person crazy. A patient person, I worked 20 years in the work, 30 years in the workforce, and I had a Baptist supervisor who was very patient. 
and they're going to teach me how to drive this forklift. And I, I, I made so many mistakes. I was knocking stuff down. I was dropping stuff. <laughs> I was making so many mistakes. I was ready to quit. And he would say, hey, you know what? Um, you should have seen me when I first started. I did the same exact thing. He says, everybody does it. Everybody knocks stuff down. Everybody drops, makes mistakes. And he was so patient. He said, if you ever get a chance to teach someone how to drive a forklift, he says, don't forget to be patient. And there was a lot of drivers that were good. They were good drivers, but they had no patience as far as teaching somebody else. Because when you teach somebody else something, you have to be very patient. I have been driving 30 years. Some guys came in, they had no experience at all, and they were very nervous, and I could see they were nervous. And I would tell them, I said, hey, don't get nervous. I know you're nervous. I was nervous too. But, you know, you'll get better and better. If you got a problem, just call me, man. I'm over here. Just call me. You get behind. I'll come help you catch up, man. No pressure. And I said, little by little, you'll get better. And sure enough, little by little, they got better and better and better. How patient are you? God wants to prepare you for something down the road. So, just because you're in a place right now, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be in the same place next week or even next year. God has a way of moving us around. The Bible says, call to me and I will answer and show you great and mighty things where you do not know. Call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Luke 11, verse 9. So I say to you, talking to us, ask, and it, will, and it will be given to you. Seek. See God in his word. Ask. The Bible said we have not because we ask not. It's nothing wrong with asking, right? Of course you want his will, but ask. And it shall be given. Seek God in his word, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, find. And to him who knocks, it will be open. That is not that you're going to get everything that you ask for. Of course, you want God's will, right? God is much wiser than we are. How many would agree to that? Amen. Okay, so he's only going to give you the things that is going to benefit you. Some things I ask for, I look back and I'm thinking, I wish I, I said, I'm glad God didn't answer that prayer. Almost went to Albuquerque, of all places, of coming to Tacoma. I mean, nothing wrong with Albuquerque. Don't get me wrong. I love you, Albuquerqueans. <laughs> love you. But we, did, we were praying for God's will. Hey, I'm praying for God's will. And, and I said, where are we going to go, man? And somebody gets a bright idea. I know who it was. I'm going to call his name. Let's go to Albuquerque. Well, Come to find out they had Calvary, Albuquerque all over the place. They didn't need another one. Then they said, well, let's go to Arkansas. Oh. <laughs> hey, I love, nothing wrong with Arkansas. Don't get me wrong. I grew up in Memphis. I love Arkansas. It's beautiful. Beautiful Arkansas. Almost went to Arkansas. Called Seattle, say, hey, they, have, they, got a, they need a Calvary Chapel. In Tacoma, they said, well, they don't have one. I said, well, we're going to come out there and we're going to start one. That was in 1982. And we came out here 
And here we are 40 years later. But everything is done by a step of faith. You know, guys, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Because he that comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. So if you're waiting for everything to line up perfectly before you step out and serve Christ, that will never happen. At some point, you've got to put that step out and do it, man. Do it. So he said, ask, seek, knock. Verse 11 says, if a son asks for bread, will you, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent, a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. If you then, being evil, talking about earthly parents with a, the fallen nature of Adam, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who love him? Ask, seek, and knock. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. In other words, not just an emergency, all the time. He said, won't he give you the Holy Spirit? Do you realize that every believer that comes to Christ has the Holy Spirit inside? Did you know that? Is that power or what? The Bible says if a man has not the Spirit of God, if anyone has not the Spirit of God, he is not his. He doesn't belong to Christ. Well, how do you get the Spirit of God? Well, you must be born again by the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God comes inside. This is, this is the most important gift that God can give, can give us. It's not an it, it's a he. Most important gift. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you. Did you know that? By one spirit are you baptized into one body. When you come to Christ, the Holy Spirit places you into one body. Wow. Jesus said, expedient if I go away. If I go away, I'm going to send the comforter, and he's going to come, and he's going to, the spirit of truth, who the world cannot conceive, or will not receive, because they neither See him and know him, but you know him because he dwells with you and shall be in you. Can you believe that? He has given the Holy Spirit to help us. Romans 8 says, if we don't know how to pray as we should, the Holy Spirit will help us to pray, even when we can't express ourselves. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the helper, he will teach us all things and bring all things to our remembrance. There's only one way that you can get the Holy Spirit. When a person is born again, he gets the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes inside. And he said he will dwell with you forever. Once the Holy Spirit comes in, he's not going to leave. He's not going to come in one day and leave the next. It says, likewise, the, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. You don't always know how to pray. 
You know, I prayed for things and was totally praying out of God's will. It wasn't his will at all. I didn't know it. But once I looked back, I said, boy, that was not God's will. And it says, he makes intercession for us with groaning that could not be uttered. You have Jesus praying for you. You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You got your name written in the Lamb's book of life. This is a win-win right here. But we still have to stay in this world until he shows. We still got to stand. We still have to live down here until Christ comes and takes us home. And he will give us the strength to do that. We cannot live the Christian life apart from the Holy Spirit. We need his help every day. And he's there to help us and to strengthen us and to encourage us. So if you're here today and you have not received Jesus, all you have to do is just say, Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. Come into my heart and, and be my Savior and be my Lord. I invite you into my heart. I accept your sacrifice on the cross. I believe you died and you rose again. And Jesus will come and forgive you of all your sins and he will take you to heaven. The Bible says we're going to get to heaven and the books will be open. And another book will be open. And anyone's name is not found written in that book will be thrown into the lake of fire. There's no reason for anybody to perish. God has made provision. God has made a way that for anybody that want to go to heaven can. I never knew that before, before I started reading the Bible. Anybody can go to heaven. Anybody can have their sins forgiven and live throughout eternity. Amen. I was reading about these glorified bodies we're going to get when we get to heaven. They will not get tired. They won't get sick. No more pain, no more suffering, no more death. These bodies are going to be supernatural. Can you imagine that? And these bodies are going to last forever. Now, these bodies are not. But the next body you're going to get, glorified body, you are going to, that body is going to last forever. And the Bible says we will know each other in heaven. All your loved ones that's passed away, you're going to recognize them. And they're going to recognize you. Isn't that beautiful? Amen. So let's don't let all this crazy stuff that we're dwelling on down here distract us. You know where you're headed. And I tell you what, if you just stay focused, if you stay the course, it's a win-win. You'll be glad that you did. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your many blessings. <clears throat> And we just ask, Lord, that if there's anyone here today that are watching that has not asked you to come into their heart, that they would ask you right now. If you're watching by YouTube or Facebook, you can receive Christ in the privacy of your own home. And he will come into your life. 
Lord, we're so thankful for your word today. We ask you to bless your people. And we pray, Lord, that you would use us in these last days to tell other people about you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So